Dear announcers, you do not need to talk all of the time. I know it is kind of your job, but I also want to hear the field noise that we normally do not get to hear. Sometimes your little banter and jokes are a waste of my ear space. I don't care about your opinions on the octopus nickname of a goalie, so please do not spend five minutes talking about it. Union goals scored by AJ and Luke, the Goofy Brothers. Hey guys, it's the Doopy Brothers podcast presented by the Brotherly League Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke, up here in Philly, and it is episode 65. 65, four away from the big one. Luke, <laughs> how you been, man? Good, good. Um, yeah, sorry if there's any background noise. My fiance and I are having some of our neighbors over, but uh, yeah, we're, we're doing good up here. How, how about how you been? Good, good. And so breaking news, Luke made friends. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah there's actually, there's a... Uh, Eagles cheerleaders in my apartment right now. So that's pretty fun. That's one of our neighbors. Oh, snap. Luke got a new job. He's a cheerleader for the Eagles now. Yep. That's exciting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's the. Uh, you guys might be like, man, these brothers probably talk all the time, but that's pretty much me and Luke catching up right there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. sorry to go all personal on you guys. Um, it's episode 65. It's July 22nd. Um, we're going to be talking about MLS is back. We're going to cover the Miami win for a little bit. So we didn't talk about that last week. We'll talk about the Orlando draw. Uh, we'll look ahead to the New England game up uh, this weekend. Um, and we'll, we've got some funny stuff at the end, as usual. So, uh, Luke, let's get into it. Union, they beat Miami, Inter-Miami. That's David Beckham's Inter-Miami. They, uh, they're no Manchester United or Real Madrid, but they weren't built in a day either. So Miami stinks. They have yet to win. The Union beat them. So, what did you think of that game? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game. Union still haven't found their, you know, top gear. But, you know, they got a win, so that's really what's important. And they got, you know, a couple of great goals. The I feel like the Wagner goal is going to be, like, kind of lost because the second goal was the game winner, but also, like, a really, really great counterattack. But that Wagner goal to start uh like like what four minutes in and really like was a great way to start the game um his and first my, goal of the season so that or of his mls career so that's pretty great and i'm bummed with that one that uh aronson didn't get the assist like aronson did the work oh, down the yeah. right side and then right because the ball was like kind of deflected he didn't get really credit for it but um we all know we all know yeah that counter tackle aronson did get the assist on and yeah, that goal was that was freaking sick, man. That that's what I think that's what Jim Curtin wants. That's what he's been looking for. That's why he wants his team on the front foot moving forward and moving forward quickly. I mean, you gotta appreciate that goal, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and it was a game that we still haven't seen a, a, as much as we maybe would would have expected or wanted to see from Jamir Montero, but he really created that goal with like an incredible dummy, which sounds like a dumb compliment, but like his vision to to be able to like let that 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 pass from Olsenio out of the back go and get let Aaron's around to that just really just open up the entire field for him and, and, and then create that entire counterattack and yeah Dominic like, was able to you know use his speedy legs and get up to the up and 
like dummy again to let the ball go to Casper. It was a really great play by Montero without touching the ball at all. So. Yeah, they say two lefts don't make a right, but mm. two dummies do make a smart player. They do say that. They, they do say that. that. Yeah. And then, yeah, Casper finished that with like a, a classic. Casper cut back to his left foot and buried into the far post. And it was really great to see because we were all expecting Casper to get a bunch of goals this this tournament. And that was his first of the, of the, of the tournament. So hopefully that like gets him going. But um, yeah, that was just like a great way to win the game because yeah, like it w- wasn't a pretty game. It was really chippy. Miami really made it ugly and really disrupted anything you wanted to do. So credit to them to like make make that happen. That kind of seemed like it was a game plan that they executed, but it was a really just kind of a lot of fouls. Like it seemed like every every player on both sides was just trying to go through the opposing player to get to the ball. Like that's how like there's so many fouls of just a player just running through the, the opponent's back to get to the ball. And it was just like obvious fouls and obvious like aggression, but it just seemed like that's the way the game was being played. I mean, we kind of dictated that, which, I mean, credit to them, but the Union figured it out and kept their composure enough to, to get the result. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a couple games within the bubble where where it's really turned into a foul fest. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other morning I was watching, it was Miami again, actually, Miami and NYC. Mm-hmm. And so, like, watching with Kate, and we both at halftime were like, man, that was a terrible half of soccer. Um, <laughs> um I, in that game, I think Aronson should have been credited with three assists, one on the Wagner goal, two on the Casper goal. And then the Casper had another one that was called back uh, for offside, but was not checked by VAR. Yeah. Um, but that was the ball played in by Aronson. And and the Union should have gotten credit for that goal, would have put us up 2-0. And I think if you go up 2-0 on Miami, um, it's a whole different game. But that was what it was. And, you know, the Union got the point. Uh, got the got the win. Um, even though, yeah, like you said, they, I I don't think they've really hit their stride. I don't think they've um, been playing out of that or out of their world. But um, they're getting results, which is something that we wouldn't always do. Especially like, the first game of the tournament against NYCFC. I felt like that was a game we, we talked about where Union of Pass don't win that game, and then right. we almost had a pretty similar situation with Miami where we could have given it up um, at the end, but we didn't. And then also with Orlando, and we'll get into Orlando in a minute, but another game where Union of Old don't get points, don't get a result there. And we've not played our best, but we've gotten points. So I guess you have to appreciate what they're doing. And uh, hopefully we can just keep improving from there. Yeah. A little coach, coach talk there. That's what coaches sound like. Yeah. Yeah, so another thing to mention about the Miami game is um, Jose Martinez obviously played in that, and he was a, a big part of the the aggression and the fouling that I, I was mentioning. But he um, had a bit of a kick out, so he was just made a, retroactively suspended for the following game because of um, he kicked out against uh, Reyes, who eventually also got a red card in that game. But Reyes kind of like had a, had a tough, you know, in the air almost elbow but you know not super egregious and then i think that kind of flared up martinez's temper so he kicked out him when he was on the ground so pretty uh clear suspension but um that kind of set us up for uh our, our lando game where, without our, our you know our 
best strength 11 at the, at the moment. So Martinez, it, it seemed it was something that we kind of was expecting him to has have some suspensions and time dealing with stuff like this with the way we saw him playing. But um, yeah, that's kind of what we deal with, dealt with from the Miami game and that you know, led us to the Orlando draw, which we do you want to get into that now or do you have anything else? Going yeah. On? Yeah. We, yeah. Let's get into the Orlando draw. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's 1-1. Elsino scored. Uh, then we gave up one right away. Um, overall, I thought Aronson, and this, this is kind of overall, I think he's been one of the top players on the team for all three games. I don't think that's much of a stretch to say with how he's played. And looking just like watching a bunch of games within this tournament, um, and I might be slightly biased since he's been on the podcast and all, but I think he's one of the, been one of the better players in the in the league so far. Um, definitely, as far as like a number ten, he's he's just so stinking active. Um, I mean, within the group, I'll just if we want to focus on Group A, I mean, you got Pizarro. He he was a big name player um, who, I mean, he tried to do as much as he could, but I mean, Miami lost all their games. He didn't really do much. Yeah. Uh, NYCFC, they got some guys, Matarita and. Uh, Morales didn't play a whole lot because some injury stuff, but yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Aronson would, I'd say, would be above all of those guys. And then Orlando, um, I mean, they got Nani and uh, Mueller playing well, but I wouldn't say that Aronson was run over by either of those guys. And so I'd say he he might be the top player in Group A if I had to pick. And that's, and I will say with the disclaimer, not including goalkeepers, Andre Blake. Sure. Um, yeah. Top field player. I think I think he he really came into the season ready to go. We saw it, um, in preseason. We kind of noticed coming out of the U.S. national team camp, he had a little more pep in his step. He was already game fit, and then started the season. Uh, I don't remember the Dallas game too much, but definitely the LAFC game. He was he was a star player. Got himself a goal. Um, and assist. I think I saw a stat uh, from Matt Ralph, and maybe some I don't know, that he's been involved in. I think six out of the Union seven goals this season, or something. Hmm. Is that I believe right? that. I believe that. Yeah, uh, whether assisting or scoring them. Um, the only goal that he did not have a part in uh, was the Glasnes bomb, yeah. but he was one of the first ones to celebrate with Glasnes, and I painted the <laughs> picture of that. So there you go. Uh, maybe maybe whoever said that stat didn't take into account my picture, but that's okay. Stats are stats. You make of them what you will. Yeah. Um, no. Got, well, let's go ahead. Yeah, so sticking with the, uh, with Aronson, um, be, right before the my uh, Orlando game, there was a tweet slash report that um, there were some German teams uh, watching him, and the the team in the initial report was that. Uh, who was it that was watching him? Freiburg, right? Say it again. Freiburg? Freiburg? Yes, I see Freiburg. Yeah, so the, the, they were watching them then. Twelman mentioned multiple times that there were German teams watching him. That was like, I think Hoffenheim, uh, Gladbach, I think was another one. And there may be, uh, I think there's one more that I'm missing. But, you know, so, so there's a lot of German interest in Aronson. And it was, so it was just really cool to see like him thriving under this somewhat of a spotlight being that there's you know little other sports and soccer going on right now that so he's thriving and being getting taking the spotlight and taking advantage of all that um, yeah they uh they loved 
talking about him. Yeah. It was like the first 10 minutes was like, let's just keep the camera on Aronson and talk about him. And I love it. But um, after a while, I was like, let's stop talking. But we'll, we'll get to announcers and uh, production stuff later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he got hit in the butt pretty hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, it took some magic straight in the butt to heal that up. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought we I thought the camera was gonna give us the full view because he went over to the, the sideline and looked like he was about to just pull his pants straight down in front of the camera, but they yeah. cut away. So, <laughs> um, he he did seem to slow down a little bit after that, but uh, you know, the, I guess that meant he was just kind of running the average pace as the rest of the midfield at that right. point yeah i mean I, I would say that's understandable that seems like a, it was like a knee to his butt bone so that's got to yeah. hurt real hard yeah. and the fact that he was able to play the full game because that was relatively early in the game i can't remember exactly Very what early. minute but yeah. yeah he he um you he know fought like through that minutes. and yeah and, and even i think current you mentioned in the post game that like that was something he, he told him he was like this is the kind of game that you just you need to tough it out and fight through it and deal with the pain and because we need you out there and that's what it and he he got across that message to Aronson so it was really cool to hear that's what like Curran said and that's how like Curran sees Aronson as a player that you know, he he believes in him that much and he he's not going to kind of baby him just because he's like a you know and still a nineteen year old he he wants him to learn and, and get that experience and know understand the the importance of a player like him being out there in, in a game that's has you know relative importance and you know, we had the the knockouts uh spot locked in but it was still you know three points on the line and you know positioning in the in the knockout rounds on the line as well yeah it's cool i didn't i didn't know that i'm that's, that's a cool quote from kurt now oh, another breaking news cincinnati has scored a second goal against red bull right now oh man that is wonderful oh, gosh I think it was a Medunian corner that just went in. Like, really? A kind oh, of an Olympico that got got deflected. Oh, if my technology wow. worked, I'd be watching it right now. That uh, is really Yeah. Cool. It was a Medunian corner that got deflected off of Red Bull guy's head head into the goal. So wow. Oh. So we go into the knockout round without Red Bull and Atlanta. That's just <sighs> that's pretty. That just feels good. It just feels good. Yeah. Um, let's see. So Back to that Orlando game, I thought I think overall our strikers haven't been too threatening. Um, obviously, we only had one play against NYCFC, but um, I wouldn't say Sergio or Casper. I mean, Casper had a goal called back in the Miami game and he scored one, but I, I just feel like he's not getting the service that he wants. Um, mm-hmm. We're not finding him in the right places. It seems like he's dropping deeper in the midfield to find the ball. Yep. And it's kind of weird that we just talked about how great Aronson's been, but then at the same time, our strikers haven't exactly been getting the service that um, has been the most beneficial for him. I don't think Santos has quite found his feet. Uh, he's found his shoulders and a razor because he lost all of his hair and he's huge. But I, I just don't think our strikers have been that threatening to other teams at this point. And I think they, they should be and they will be, especially with our midfield. But that's that's where I think the team is not uh going full full force and i think that's the last thing to come when you're coming into a preseason a tournament beginning of the year is finding those last touches last passes and stuff yeah yeah i think to go along with that i think the service i think will come i, I it's like this is 
you know, there's a lot of similar players, but this is such is is still like a new midfield without, like compared to last year without Medina and and having a month Martinez type player, um, or even Carval. Like it's, I think that's where like getting the service and setting up the attack to get to get the ball to these strikers is is where we're still kind of figuring out how to get get that to happen. But I I do want to like on that point bring up how how Carval played in this in Miami game because I feel like. We were all expecting it to be a pretty safe swap, um, but it really—I I feel like my Carval struggled a lot in, in the Orlando game. I think he was a big reason why we gave up that goal, and, and then there was—he he was a big reason why Orlando had so much attacking um, ability. Because I, I feel like he, as much as he's kind of a conservative defensive player, he—I feel like he left so much space between himself and the center backs that allowed Orlando to get into that space and create attacking chances. And it just seemed like there's a lot of dysfunction between him and the center backs and just like the missing link between the midfield and defense. And it's something that we don't see a lot from Craval. We seem like he's usually a steady presence in the midfield. And this game, he just kind of felt like he was a little lost. Yeah, um, I would definitely agree. Uh, I'm going to make a point in a minute, but before I get to that, I just want to finish up on the strikers and the goal scoring part. Um, just cause I, uh, I didn't want to forget cause we were just we were watching highlights and talking about this and mm-hmm. we do give Aaron Singh credit for all that he did on that goal for El senior. Like he beat three, he received the ball on the left side, beat three guys and played it around to the right. Um, and so we were just talking about, you know, we're not getting great service to the strikers, but, um, that was a great play by Aronson, so I just want to make sure we gave him props. Now, I was thinking about, uh, yeah, kind of what you're saying with Craval struggling and um, we don't have Martinez, we're missing a lot there. It's almost like they got used to playing with a six who is Martinez. Um, it's kind of funny to say they got used to playing with him when they've only played with him a few games, but yeah. he covers so much ground and does so much of them when we don't have that presence. It's almost like Harris is back out there, right? Not not a six who's protecting anyone, and yeah, yeah, it's a good point that they were very very disconnected. Um, and so yeah, Orlando really found a way to obviously score a goal, and they had many chances where they just were throwing a lot of runners into the box, and that was something the Union even knew that they did. Um, It was referenced before the game that. You need, uh, Orlando gets the ball wide and then sends lots of runners in, into the box and so it's kind of not great that that was mentioned before the game as something that they do and then they did it without really having much problems and so hopefully it's just a matter of uh, Corval having an off game and with Martinez coming back it won't come back to hurt us anymore but yeah it didn't look great on the defensive end yeah and and when you the run into the box, it's funny saying that like, and this was a game that the Union really needed to win in order to get the result of them above Orlando, and Orlando could be a little more complacent. But you wouldn't really expect that watching this game because it was Orlando with those all those runners into the box. But the Union, whenever they had they had you know a handful of crosses and, and decent looks at crosses, but then there was like no one in the box on the other end, like no one was running running in to get. Um, to be on the other end of that so it was, it was kind of surprising um to see the union being cons- like 
not not necessarily conservative, but not being not having being able to push forward and 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 still allowing Orlando to get all these chances of being able to attack on on their end. Yeah, yeah, great point. Defensively, I I just wrote it because I could not forget this. Gaddis had a great game, and I feel like in the past he's struggled with marking runners in the box, but I felt the other night he was one who really did a good job. He saved us a couple times. Um, he had one phenomenal play where it was like a deflected cross that Blake kind of watched fly over the goal, couldn't really make a play on. And then Gaddis kind of like touched it over the attacker and then pushed it through a couple more and then ended up getting fouled. But it was like a really good play by Gaddis. He, anyway, we just give him a lot of crap, but I, I think he had a very good game and uh, was due to get mentioned in, in here. I, uh, I think he's had a great tournament, honestly. Yeah, he, I, I think he's been real solid. All it took was like 200 games, and now he's really, <laughs> he's really thriving. Um, <laughs> that was what game? That's game 201 for the guy. Right. That was awesome. Good for him. He's yeah. crushing it. No, yeah, for sure. It's it's really cool to have a player like that that's stuck around so long and such. Yeah, and yeah, seeing him, it seems like he's actually getting improving and, and becoming a player that we're not as nervous about it game to game so yeah he had one really good run too going forward um i forget who had the ball in the back well it must have been must have been elliot and he's looking up and bedoya had drifted out to the right and gaddis ran into the middle and then cut to the outside so the defender was pulled up on bedoya on the outside gaddis runs into the middle and then out to the right into the space where the defender pulled out and elliot played him the ball and it was, it was I didn't know who it was when I saw a <laughs> guy coming out of the back. I was like, who is making that run? Cause yeah, I, I remember that. I, it was like, he's got bright red or orange boots on right now. I was like, it's not Montero. It's like, it's not Craval. Oh my gosh. That's Gaddis. Look at him go. It was a brilliant run. Yeah. So, so that was, that was cool to see. So props to Gaddis for having a game. Um, I was thinking about where the union are going to be real successful and how they're playing. Um, and I think this is what Jim is really looking forward to with his midfield right now and Martinez being a big part of it. But it's it's like between the two boxes, these the guys, Aronson, Montero, and Martinez has been better than expected at this. But this like foot race, basically, like going from one end of the field to the other, just getting a couple quick touches and then just basically running. And I feel like when we can get out and running with those three guys – four guys if you're including like Bedoya creating some space they've just been so quick obviously the counter goal against Miami um was was a good example but uh LAFC they had a couple moments where you know Aronson gets the ball about 25 yards out from our goal and him and Montero do a quick combination or one's just running and creating space for the other and and it's just like a foot race up the field but with some combinations and creating space for each other. Um, Martinez, I think, has been a guy who I, I think he definitely surprised me as far as his usefulness in moving the ball from our defensive end to at least midfield. Yep. And I think that was something that Craval did not offer in the last game. And so we, mm-hmm. we were missing a piece coming out because I feel like Martinez really shoots off to the right when he gets the ball into space um sometimes i feel like montero gets running and he's got runners going with him everyone's going forward and then he kind of pulls the ball back to try to beat a defender and it kind of slows down the momentum 
But if we can keep those plays going forward and, and using Aronson, Montero just running forward and getting the strikers running forward, I think that's where we're going to find a lot of success with beating uh, defenses. But I, uh, that's just, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's where I think Jim is really going to want the guys to just push, push, push. He's talked about being on the front foot um, and keeping things moving fast and forward. And, and that's where I see the Union have the most success in those those moments pretty much 30 to 35 yards outside of our goal and creating a quick transition yeah no I, I agree with that one point i want to bring up that relates to that um i know you're off twitter right now but on twitter there is a really good analysis video breaking down aronson's movement and almost lack of ability to find the game sometimes and it was kind of pointing out that he's kind of trailing the game sometimes where he's the ball is getting passed around when the Union have possession, and he's finding that that pocket of space when it's too late. When the when the ball is trying to transition into another area, and it's something where like if he's like a little bit, maybe not as trying to run around the field and cover a much bunch of ground, and more observing and seeing where the balls are being played, and, and able to pick out the right place to to run to, rather than trying to kind of more follow the ball more or follow where he thinks momentum's going rather than like where it might actually be going and if he's able to like pick out the the right spots more and, and find the you know get into those right positions it, it'll really help get him involved more and open up a lot more attacking ability for for the whole midfield um yeah i think, I think you're hitting on that perfectly for the elsino goal where he he broke off into some space on the left and that's where he was able to receive the ball and i, I think yeah that's that's exactly right mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll send that video to you somehow whenever you're back on Twitter. But yeah, it's it's a good one to, to watch. All right, cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I can't say I'm exactly missing Twitter. It's it's a little <laughs> weird. Like, I feel like I'm definitely out of the loop when you're saying like some quotes and stuff. But right. overall, it's it's not been a bad thing. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, I've been like sending you screenshots of tweets that I think are relevant, yeah. <laughs> and you, I want you to be aware of. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, I. I don't know if there's anything else you want to point on tactically, but something that I think we should talk about is the fact that um, Jim Curran only used four subs and one was really late. Like his subs are very maybe con confusing in the in the Orlando game. Yeah, and one concerning one was in the six when mm -hmm. all left for Glesnes and Elliot goes into the six and. Though the concern is, you know, we brought in a player from Europe, a young player, uh, Mr. Sexy Season, Saison, mm -hmm. and he he's below Jack Elliott at the six. Is that, I mean, like, like what's going on? And is there any Twitter info you can give me there? <laughs> no, I, everyone's kind of questioning that and, and thinking the same things. But one thing I would say, I think that was possibly a situational thing. Like, I think... Craval was just getting lost so much that we needed a bit of defensive stability. And I think more so having three center backs on the field was the, the thought rather than having Elliot actually play the six. That's how I saw it. Um, I don't like, I know, I know like Kurt was saying, like he was, there's another quote he was saying after the game that he thinks Jack Elliott could play like anywhere on the field. But mm -hmm. okay, I think I, in my mind, I think that's more of a situational thing. I think from what we've seen Orvik, Orovitz could be more of a attacking player, and maybe that wasn't exactly what Curran wanted to use that sub for, because he was pretty, 
he didn't use a lot of attack and stuff. He didn't. It, he, it didn't seem like that's what he th- thought the game needed. So I think bringing on another center back and then pushing Elliot up, I thought maybe maybe that's what he thought might stabilize the union and be able to get, have you know figure out or what Orlando was doing mm-hmm. because you know Corral really wasn't. And I don't know if I don't I don't think Orovitz would have been able to solve that. Okay. As much as I wanted to see him, I think that's that's what was my take at least. I I don't think like I I also really wanted to see what he what he has, but I don't think that was that would have been like why he would come on. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. I also wasn't sure if I mean Jack's also like a proven goal scorer in a way within. <laughs> And I didn't know if maybe Curtin was going to say, well, let's just keep Jack in for a couple corners and see if we can just knock one in late or something. Sure. Um, the last thing was the VAR at the miss, uh, didn't go over the potential handball in the box at the end of the game. And like partially it's like it didn't really impact the game that much, but it's also kind of a duh hit his hand and he's in the box. What, what were your thoughts on that? Okay, so I might be I might have a controversial take on this one, and and, and I wanted to keep this to myself. I, I definitely did not want to tweet this out, but I don't think it was a handball. If you if you look at like like a lot of people took screenshots of where they thought the handball was. If you look at it, yeah. and there's you see the shadow of the player's hand, the ball. There is no shadow of the ball next to that shadow of the hand. So I think the ball hit the hip, and then like as the player was moving his hand back, maybe it grazed his hand, but that would be a really really weak call. So I don't think it was actually a handball. There you I, go. I do, I do think they should have looked at it. I think that's dumb that they don't just look at it because it was such a close call. And it like obviously, then you have the VIRs there, and it's like end of the game. It it's a huge impactful you know potential call, but I honestly don't think it was a handball. Yeah, and like it's impactful, and you know that could have given the Union two more points in league standing. It's not like it's the knockouts where these games like the next games yeah it's cool to be in a tournament but also they're all kind of like imaginary they don't really count um <laughs> like those are two points for the standings that we could have put possibly had yeah. i'd say i'd say your take of it not being a handball might be a good take so that people aren't um you know that upset but uh yeah. but i know if i tweeted that it would just go back and forth i don't want to i i don't like arguing on twitter so i never want to make a controversial tweet so yeah yeah but Especially, yeah that definitely was my take and, I, and it, there's so many like you can you know it wasn't you never didn't get the best angle of the at least we didn't get the best angle of the play so maybe that was part of the reasoning too like the the var didn't have the best look at it so that's why they didn't you know want to you know want want to have the center referee look at it but from what we saw from what my take of it like it didn't look like it actually hit the player's hand so i don't know well hey there you go there you go look at the shadows look at the shadows so we finished we finished the group with uh seven points um three games seven points i'm good with seven points away from the subaru uh are you okay with that i mean what we're sitting in like fourth place in the eastern conference right now um five, five games in the league that's not bad unbeaten in four games that's pretty decent i still have yet to play at subaru park like you said like I mean, it could be way worse. I mean, look at Atlanta. Yeah, look at Atlanta, NYCFC. Like, like they're teams who should be performing much better or much lower. Um, but then again, you might say, well, there's lower teams that are performing, like Orlando. But and Cincinnati, I, apparently. And Cincinnati, yeah. We're all Cincinnati fans tonight. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think I'm happy with seven points. Obviously, I wanted nine. I wanted 18. I won them all. But yeah, yeah, um, it's one thing I, I tweeted. Then I'll, I'll let you know that this now. Uh, it's something that's like you kind of always expect to beat Orlando, so it did feel a bit disappointing not to win that. But yeah, a tie with the performance that we had and, and seven points out of the three games is pretty decent. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's do Union Best, Union Worst before the break, and you can do this from the draw, Miami win, or just the group stage. Okay. You want to go first or want to go? I, I'm going to go first because it's, I'm going to say my Union Best is someone we didn't really talk about that much, Andre Blake. Yeah. Huge, huge. Came up big, um, obviously, so he's going to be my Union Best. I'd say for the group stage. I know I mentioned talk about Aaron's in a bunch, but I'll mm-hmm. say for the uh Andre Blake was the best. Nice. Oh, my best. Um, I know. Yeah, I know. We also talked about Aronson, so I'll give a shout out to. I, I, I do. Want, I would say Ray, but I also want to shout out Mark McKenzie because I feel we, we didn't talk about him enough either, and I feel like he's been a really, really steady center back presence. And the fact that he isn't getting rotated in, in each game, and, and it's and it's the other two that are. I think that shows just how, how well he's playing and how much Curran believes in him. And it's, it's yeah, just he's just been playing great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Union worst. I'll let you go first. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna go with Montero. Oh, okay. I, I know he was big in the in the counterattacking goal, but he still isn't the player that we spent millions on to be the number the the, the, the difference maker in the, in the midfielder. And it's and it's it's great to see Aronson thrive, but I think Montero still should be the top midfielder on this team, and he's still just a little bit lacking there so i kind of hoping to see more yep i'll go union worst i'll go santos mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think we've really seen what we want to see from him yet uh but he looks happy looks like he's trying and uh we might talk about him a little more after the break um so let's take a break after the break we'll talk about our new england game i'm going to write some letters to the bubble and i'm going to talk about my favorite soccer player ever Hey guys, Stupid Brothers Podcast. Thanks for listening. We're into the second half here. And Luke's got a question. <laughs> I got a question. All right, so um your answers. Yeah, so we have a couple players that are, are kind of a bit been a bit more of it in the spotlight in this tournament. And I wanted to see what you thought about who whose value increased the most in Orlando. So we have a guy like Brendan Aronson, who's linked to German teams, who's playing great, and we, you know, is leading our midfield. We have Mark McKenzie, who's, you know, super steady center back presence. You know, net never being pulled out of the game, even when there's two other really, really good center backs on this squad. Getting linked to Celtic, we have Andre Blake, who's playing out of his mind. You know, had you know, coming off of one of maybe his his weaker seasons last year, and so we weren't sure about him, but he's really you know, saving our butts so, like left and right. And then you have a Jose, Jose Martinez, who's, you know, pretty, we thought maybe he was, you know, assumed he was a more project, but he's really shown up and solidified our, our midfield, our defensive midfield um, hold that we, that we thought we'd be struggling with this year. So I want to see what you thought, who, who you thought stock increased the most in this tournament out of those, those guys, or maybe there's someone else that I, that I missed. Um, no, yeah, I'd say, I'd say those were the main guys who I kind of was thinking of, um, or that you wrote, and I agree. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so, 
I'm gonna break them. Well, I don't want to steal all your words. So my mine would be Aronson. I think we we all knew that he was tuned up to have a big year, but I think over these three games, he was a standout player in each of them. Um, so even though like we kind of knew all about it, uh, I th- I think he put himself a little little more on the map or made his star shine a little brighter. Um, and I can talk about the other ones, but I'll let you kind of say what you want to say. Yeah, no, I, I'd say you're you're probably right. I I think it's I think it's interesting that Mackenzie. <laughs> I think it's interesting that Mackenzie got um like called out in a rumored link to Celtics. So I feel like that kind of maybe jumped him up a bit in in some people's minds. Um, because you you don't really like you know see a center back and and you know think dollar signs always, but. I also like. I also think Andre Blake really like is almost like resurrecting his career in, in this tournament and, and the way he's playing so out of his mind and, and having these performances that we we've, we've known as Unit fans from from like previous seasons, but he's really like showing up and and kind of stealing the show in a lot of these games. Like we just watched like highlights of the Orlando game before before we recorded, and like you feel like eighty percent of the, the the highlights were just ridiculous Andre Blake saves that should have been goals but then and then you also see like Martinez who was probably like a pretty low valued player to go into this tournament he's really shown to be a, a key key player especially seeing Craval's performance in, in the previous game we really used could have used Martinez so his stock you know I feel like is riding so much that he's almost seen as like a, a locked in starting player when we thought maybe he was potentially third in the depth chart at, at his position so it's cool to see a couple of these guys' stocks rise, but I think you're right. It probably comes back to Aronson being the most um, in- increase in value from this the start of this tournament. Yeah, I like what you say about Martinez. I was thinking the same thing. Although I would say his value after the LAFC game probably is where his stock increased like the most for his time with the Union. Yeah, that's uh, right. but I like what you say. Like without him, you. It really validated that he is uh, the player that we want him to be. Um, yeah. to be. The team's kind of dip in form without him. Yeah. So I think he almost benefits personally by not being on the field. Um, Blake, yeah. But at the same time, I don't see him, despite like value increasing, I don't see it really impacting his future. Like I don't know if I see him going to Europe still. I, I mean, I think... He still has uh, things to work on, which European goalkeepers already have. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll always come down to like him, his struggling with his feet. But yeah, I feel like his performance is yeah. This at least brought him back to where we knew he his performance could be. Yeah, I almost feel like increased the most in our hearts maybe after sure. the way uh, last year kind of ended and stuff. Yeah. But I also I also think like with keepers like they have a longer career that I feel like maybe he still could like jump another level. So I feel like there's still I don't know I almost like you know maybe I'm just being a little ignorant, but I, I feel like there still could be a chance he gets moved to a bigger club with just like the longevity of keepers' careers. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I like that question and definitely one to kind of keep in mind as uh, we kind of go into this knockout stage and then beyond. Who knows what they rest of the year will look like not to mention off season and transfer windows yeah. um 
yeah, even like you and me texting with dad and we're saying like Aronson's on his way to Germany before this game's over or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's definitely, it's kind of also weird right now with the way the world is like, you might want to be striking while the iron's hot, whether it's, I was, I was talking to dad about this, like this right now might be the union's best team and our best chance to make a real deep run into like playoffs and stuff because we've got Aronson and McKenzie um, that, and they're really hitting their stride. But next year, we might not have them. We might not have a 10 again. And we might, uh, we'll hopefully still have two strong center backs if McKenzie leaves and assuming Glesnes and Elliott stay. Um, but our 10 might be back in that cycle of who's our 10 again. And it's kind of funny that like, you know, we've got this 19 year old 10 and you're thinking, okay, cool. The union's cycling of who's playing the 10, who's playing the 10 this year, this year, this year. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to end. We've got this kid, a homegrown, and all of a sudden his stock's rising so fast. So we might be back in that boat next year. Um, but it's just good to see that, you know, his brother Pax 10 is uh, on a Philly U- Union 2 bench tonight. So yep. he might be this guy. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, the way it could, you know, ideally work is with you sell these you know mckenzie and aronson for you know a good amount of money and then you use that money to buy a really solid number 10 or you know under eight and move montero to the 10 and you use that money to like re-solidify the lineup but yeah there's a lot of moving pieces in that but you know we'll see how how that pans out yeah all right so let's let's talk about the now um mm-hmm. and by now i'm going to talk about last night Last night, I found myself doing something I don't like to do very often. I was actually rooting for DC because if DC United won by one goal, we would end up playing them Saturday. And, you know, they're our favorite team to play and beat because they always suck. But even with us rooting for them, they sucked and they end up losing and knocking themselves out of the tournament despite kind of clawing themselves in, trying to hang in. But they didn't really deserve to be in this tournament um, or in the spot that they were in because if you think about it, they came back against Toronto. They were down 2-0 and down a man and then scored two late goals. But I don't know if you watched that Toronto team. That that team, it, it was like they were they, – they stopped playing. They really, like, gave up in that second half. It was so boring to watch. I was hoping to just see D.C. get run over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Toronto, like, just didn't even try. And then D.C. scored two goals. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that was a gift by Toronto. Right. And New England, they, they had another goal gifted to them, uh, some silly error. And so the, they, they kind of got their two ties kind of lucky. And then they put up a stinker last night against Montreal and got knocked out. So, And then Ben Olsen in his press conference was a big baby and just sat there and said, no, did you see that? Yeah, I just said, yeah, that was, that was weird. Yeah. yeah. It's like, come on, man. Like, all right, just, just be a baby. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, you're not Bill Belichick. Yeah, you, yeah. You don't have the right to do that. But yeah, it was weird. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't like we're going to reduce the end. They were terrible. But yeah. the result of that means we're playing Revolution, who I was afraid to play. I, I think they are a dangerous team, and we have a lot of dangerous weapons. But that's who we are playing late Saturday night. You and I and, and Doopy Dad are going to be all watching and from bethany beach delaware so that's gonna be fun we get to do that but yeah, that's who we're playing so what do you think of that um that opponent 
Uh, well, first of all, I'm just pumped. This this weekend is going to be a big event because uh, it's been a while since the three of us have gotten together to watch a game, so it's going to be fun. And yeah. the last time we all watched a game together in Bethany was the famed Atlanta 3-1 win at home. So hopefully we can get another good result. Um, hopefully it's going to be easier to watch for, for us because that yeah, we had to... A... Yeah, yeah, all things go uh-huh. here to plan it. We'll be on ESPN2, I believe I saw. Um. But yeah, we, we've done well at that 1030 spot and while we're all in Bethany. So mm-hmm. all things are pointing to us winning. Um, but yeah, that, that team, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Um watching New England. One thing I thought a lot about was Wagner will have his hands full on the left side. Their guy Buchanan and uh Bai on their right. They were good. They were they were ripping down the right side against Toronto. And so Wagner, he'll uh I think he'll be better than the Toronto left back was. I think it was like Luria or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's we're going to need Martinez to be back in there. Uh, they definitely have guys who are very dangerous. Um, and yeah, they're just going to have to cover. I mean, I mean, if they can play crosses in now, a lot more of their crosses were on the ground compared to Orlando's uh, from what I was watching. Um but yeah, they've got some guys who could definitely score. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it's gonna be tough, but you know, us we're confident. Go ahead. Right? Yeah, like uh, it's it's interesting comparing them to like we were we're worried about NYC and on a lot of their attacking players. Like I feel like there's a comp a, a similar outlook in how we see how I see Revolution with they have like Gustavo Bo, Carlos Hill, and uh, that new striker Uxa. You seem oh, yeah. like a real, real good, you know, target number or number nine. Um, but it seems like Carlos he- Carlos Heel should be out with a I don't know. He's in a boot, so some sort of foot injury. Um, I, I believe that means he's ruled out. I don't know if it's like that's official, but that's what we've been seeing. So it looks like he's sh- he's not going to be in the game, which is huge because that's you know you know one of the top playmakers. Playmakers, but they still have you know Gustavo Bo, who's score a sweet goal to start this tournament this seems dangerous um which isn't great considering how we how many chances we gave orlando who has a decent attacking attacking squad but maybe not as much as as new england and especially in their current form and then i don't know bruce arena seems to have a good a good uh a lot of experience in tournaments and has um you know won, won a bunch with with la and stuff so he knows how to set up teams in tournaments and knows how to keep his team improving throughout the tournament. So definitely experienced coach to be worried about. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll have a handful, but I'm not like, it's not like the scariest team. It's not like an inform Atlanta or LAFC that we have to play. It's definitely a beatable opponent, but it's, it's going to be a, a, a good challenge. And I know we, we crushed New England last year, last year at home, 6-1, but we also had a pretty difficult time against them playing in New England last year. Um, I think we either we tied or we lost that game, but it was a not pretty game, and it gave us a lot to, to deal with. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We we'll be watching. Ten thirty is Saturday night. It's gonna be awesome. Um. All right. So do anything wanna, else? Do you want to do predictions, or you want to save that for the end of the end of the? Uh, let's, 
let's predict at the end. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple yeah. of stuff we have to get get to. Yeah, so I'm gonna do a little segment I invented and you're gonna chime in a little bit too. Also, mm-hmm. Red Bull are two minutes away from being knocked out, so there's that's yeah. exciting. Um so we can't we can't go and see the players right now because uh, they're all in this bubble. So I want to write some letters to the bubble. And I'm going to write some letters to some players, some other things in the bubble. And, uh, yeah, so I've got a few letters. You've got a couple letters. We'll, we'll, we'll just sit down and write some letters to some of our friends down in Orlando. Okay? Yeah, sounds great. All right. Here we go. Here's my first letter. Dear Sergio Santos, please run fast. But please stop trucking, guys. I know your shoulders are big and all of your hair fell off, but you are fouling defenders constantly, and I feel like you can do better to be the threat that you were at the end of last year. Sincerely, AJ. That's great. Uh, you agree? Is that pretty yeah. accurate? Like, yeah. I feel like knocking guys over left and right. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty accurate. Um, all right, I'm going to do another one, then I'll let you go. Okay. Um... All right, hold on. You go. My computer froze. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, mine, mine. This one's for Taylor Twelman. So, dear Taylor Twelman, no one cares about octopuses or your old playing days. Share your insider information, insider transfer rumor knowledge, or don't say anything at all. Thanks. Because I, I feel like he has all this, you know, insider. He's like the, the Woj bomb of of MLS yeah. but he like kind of like reserves it a bunch so I feel like that's why he brought up brought up Bundesliga with Aaron's in a bunch because someone else leaked it and he kind of wanted to like share that he knew, knew about it too but I feel like he has all this knowledge that he doesn't share but he talks about octopuses and all this other crap on these on these broadcasts and it's, it gets frustrating and then if he doesn't talk we get to hear the players talk and the coaches talk on the field with all these mics that they set up but yet he just keeps going so it's funny you wrote that one because I'm going to read you my next letter and uh, you're, you're going to appreciate it because it's very much the same thing. <laughs> Dear announcers, you do not need to talk all of the time. I know it is kind of your job, but I also want to hear the field noise that we normally do not get to hear. Sometimes your little banter and jokes are a waste of my ear space. I don't care about your opinions on the octopus nickname of a goalie, so please do not spend five minutes talking about it. Thanks. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I was saying, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with another one because it's kind of along similar lines uh, since we're in this topic. All right. Dear TUDN, thank you for playing the Union game, but I am glad that the most recent one was on ESPN because your bo- your broadcast was poor. The highlights while the ball was in play was very annoying. Don't. Just don't do that. Let us watch the soccer live on the field. Thanks, AJ. You're using your like kindergarten reading storybook voice, and it's really funny. Dude, you were never in my kindergarten class, so you don't even know. I was once. Fair enough, but you were like <laughs> wrestling this little kid who didn't speak any English, and yeah, but you're using like a teacher voice. Yeah, well, it's been a while since I've been in the classroom, man. I don't know when I'm gonna get back either. Not anytime soon, it seems. No, I, I appreciate it. Cincinnati. Two, Red Bull, zero, final. Wow. What a shock. So Red Bull, they're out, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's if they could get a wild card spot now, but I'm pretty sure that's official. 
Um, oh, let's uh, see. Final standings. Uh, this is this is good. This is good talk here. Yeah. All right. See. Uh, it's not there. All right. All right. Go ahead. Uh, oh wait. Did you? I don't have any more. Oh. Okay. Oh, cool. I have one more. But I... okay. You want me to do it now? Um. Now I'll, I'll do one more. Then then you go. Okay. All right. Uh, dear referees, do we have VAR, and when should we use it? Those are questions that you should ask, and not the fans. If we score a goal that is called back for offside, should you check VAR? If a ball hits a player's hand in the box at the end of an important game, should we check? Were they clear and obvious? I think so. And by the way, I hate VAR, but if it is the direction the sport is moving, then shouldn't we at least use it correctly? Thanks, AJ. It's, it's, just, it's like you're reading a Dr. Seuss book that doesn't rhyme. It's really funny. <laughs> oh, man. Then <laughs> you should hear me read Dr. Seuss books. I'm really... My uh, cat in the hat. I, it's, the cat in the hat's like 93 pages or something. I can I can do that in like two minutes. I can read that so fast. Nice. Anyway, go ahead. I've got it, two more. You take, you take the next one, though. All right. Just to clarify, Red Bulls looks like they have a good shot at getting in that wild card spot. But what, they have, oh, they have four they have, points. They have four points. Yeah, four is probably good enough to get them. All right. All right, here's my, my last one. Dear everyone, wear Max so I can go to Union Games again. Okay, thanks. Because there's a Union 2 game going on right now, and I can't go. And it sucks. Yeah, good I mean, one, They're man. getting crushed right now, 4-1, but it's, you know. 4 Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going downhill again. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you know, if people just do their part, we can maybe get back to, to live sports again. And we can go to Subaru Park to watch games on the field and not on the TV. So. Yeah. Is our friend uh, Paxton in? I, I haven't watched close enough. He didn't I, – I, I'm not sure. But it, right. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um. 4-1, though. Man. Yes, that's tough. Well, well, speaking of Paxton, dear Brendan Aronson, hi. You have been the best player in Group A. You and Andre, Blake, are carrying the union <laughs> into the knockout stage. I hope your butt is okay, too. Keep running like a madman, and remember to shoot your shot. I just want him to shoot a little more. Because that's what go. he talked about podcast is his finishing and that's something he really worked on so that, that's where we want our friend brendan shoot and keep shooting yeah yeah all right and you have any all more right. i got one more i got all one right. more you'll, right. you'll like this one i think matt will like this one too um matt ralph dear charlie leon i was just thinking about you today sincerely aj <laughs> that's a great segue to our next next topic I thought you would like that. <laughs> so that's great. So Charlie Leon, number one in our hearts, and number eight on the news today. So tell me about the news, with our friend Charlie. Yeah. So um, Vancouver, two of their goalkeepers got injured, so they needed a pool goalkeeper, and Charlie Lyon was in the bubble, or is I think he's still in the bubble, but he couldn't get transferred to Vancouver because of like a stupid international transfer block from that like a FIFA rule so he couldn't because he was previously on or you know with support, sport in Kansas City so they couldn't use 
uh, they couldn't transfer him to Vancouver, a Canadian team. Even though he's a pool goalkeeper that's supposed to be like a floater between all these teams for like the league. And yet, because of this like stupid international restriction, he couldn't support Vancouver. So they had to, they, 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 got, they got a loan from Montreal, a player from Montreal to, to support for their, their backup goalkeeper. Because they were just going to use a, a, a field player to be their backup if they needed it. So poor Charlie, he is there, but he couldn't be used because of stupid FIFA rules. That is so MLS that you have teams in two countries all in the same bubble and yet one player can't play for another because... Yeah, in the same hotel, I'd imagine, and yet he yeah. can't join the other team. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I read the article on uh, them picking up that loan from Montreal because obviously Montreal is in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, it had a couple comments uh, or a thread. And the first comment was, give Charlie Lyon a chance. And it wasn't from me. It wasn't, I did not type that one. But uh, yeah, then there's a thread of explanation for the person who said that. So Charlie, man, uh, if you got some time, we'll have you back on the podcast. But we are looking forward to having a guest soon. And he might be a goalkeeper. Might be a goalkeeper. So we'll just, we'll just tease that one. Yeah. So there's like maybe two points I want to um, get to before we we end the podcast. Um, the first, maybe more union relevant, um, that it's not on the on our breakdown, but I want to mention uh, Union side of New Homegrown. Oh yeah. So uh, Nathan Harriel of the Union Academy has been playing for Steel and Union two the past two seasons um, or a couple seasons. Um, got signed to the union as a, as a homegrown. I think that's going to be in effect next like 2021. Right. From what I remember. Um, so that's, that's great. I, I, from what I've seen from, you know, whatever, when I get to watch him, he, he seems like a real standout fullback, which you don't see, you don't, you don't say that a lot. Um, and in, in my opinion, he's, he's a guy that's going to replace Ray because one, because current Ray's current form, he's not going to get, get off the field and, Two, I think Harry is that good that I think it uh that he he has the ability to to be a, a starting MLS player. So pretty cool. Hopefully, you know, one day we see that. But you know, a good that you signed another homegrown and keeping that system going. Um, yeah. As so far, I wouldn't say uh, Union Two's results have been very good. Uh, yeah, it's five one now. There, so that's eleven goals they've given up so far. But yeah, I'm glad. Glad to have a defender joining the ranks, and yeah, he, he's a guy you've mentioned before. So, um, yeah, obviously it's a good move, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think he's got some youth national team call call ups too. But yeah, it's, it's cool cool to see. Hopefully, we can see more of him in the future. But then another thing that I wanted to talk about um, is um union expansion or mls expansion team charlotte fc unveiled their name and logo today and i have some thoughts but before i get to that aj what do you think about that um i think it's uh very boring and disappointing that you have a new team coming in and their team is fc like like so sick of that like um we're allowed to be original and i i don't understand why these new teams keep doing it. And I'm guessing it's just because the people with money 
want to try to sound like other teams across the pond with money, all the European teams that are FC and they think, well, that's, that's a cool thing. But like my, I, I wanted them to be the Carolina gliders. I thought the gliders would have been awesome and owed to the, um, first flight and all that stuff. And I think it would have been a really cool badge to have like the old airplane, um, glider as part of your badge. Like how sick would that be? Yeah. Um, and uh i'm on their instagram and they have like this thing you know let's explain the badge and it's just so stupid they like our typeface is representing our history and the future and tying it all together we're a circle because it's like a coin symbolizing charlotte's history minting minting money and it's just like oh give me a break now they do have a cool secondary logo i will give them that it's yeah. like just a cool combination of letters uh, there's a C, a T, an F, a C, and an L. So the L's for losers, the C's for coins, T is for something else. And But you're the design guy. I'm just the guy. It was, oh, and they also said minted 2022, so they're really hitting on the money thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, Real quick, on their Instagram, someone's already got a tattoo done of the logo. No on his way. Account. Wow. Yep. And they That's... have like a whole thing of him getting it done, like legit. Like I thought it was just like a temporary, but yeah. no, they have him in the shop. And um, so yeah, I, I I hope they look back and redo this whole thing because that would be. <laughs> That's crazy. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, first of all, if it's like if if Charlotte fans are cool with everything, then that's really all what really matters. But you know, we're allowed to critique because it's in the league that we care about. Um. So yeah, yeah, I agree. The name's dumb. They like teased a bunch this whole that whole list of names, and I I, I guess you weren't on Twitter, so I'll share this with you. They they shared, it was kind of like a social media thing where they would they had a list of names like colliders and all that stuff, and then like, as the as they got closer to the to the release, they would swipe out a name, so they'd be like they cross out some other crappy names, and colliders are probably one of the ones they crossed out first. But no, then they had all these. It was in the top five. Oh, okay okay so yeah but they had all these names that they would like they teased that like oh look at all this potential they could have and then they used basically not a name they didn't they didn't choose a name they just went to charlotte fc like which is whatever and and i know like other like austin fc lafc like a lot of previous recent expansion teams are using just the nashville like sc like all these teams new teams are kind of using this kind of format and maybe that's like a the league is swaying them to do that or whatever but it's kind of disappointing the, the logo itself is is disappointing and it's like it's a decent design and all it's like it's not super exciting it's not really creating an exciting brand or a buzz that an expansion team should be using like they have this their supporter group is, is like mint city collective or mint city collaborative or something like that and they have this incredible like mint green and blue color scheme and it's so cool and interesting looking and yet I, it's not reference it's only reference in using the word minted on the logo and they if they just used the slightest bit of that mint green on the logo it would transform the whole brand literally the whole brand and it's without it's like a pretty stock blue and then black and white and so it's like it's i do it's, like the blue i I think it's, I do like the blue, um, but I was like, the color blue. Well, you're uh, an idiot. But <laughs> no, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not terrible, but it's like, it's a, 
it's just a really flat logo because there's no there's no like it's like a, a blue with black with black and white it's there's no like interest there's no like dyna dynamic um like design to it. it it's a it's a decent crown and then the the word mark around it so it's i don't know it, it's pretty disappointing to have a team where like you see these these successful brands in soccer with forward madison a small a tiny third division soccer team in wisconsin that has a brand that the entire country is aware the entire soccer community is aware of because they are so good at branding and their logo is so interesting and, and they have this great color scheme and even miami has a really great color scheme and, and they have a logo that is interesting and they and have a unique look uh, name and all this but and then you see i don't know you could even say that about nashville they have a, a logo that's not well received but it's at least interesting and different so the fact that charlotte went a very generic they even use the panthers colors which is like a kind of a cop-out way to do they, it i don't know it's it's just it's just a little disappointing all this sorry what'd you say are they sharing a stadium with the panthers yeah it's the same owner oh okay yeah that's what i was yeah. thinking so that that's probably something that gets into it it'll look nicer like wearing a blue jersey and matching the blue seats and and stadium aesthetic sure um, i get that but you could add the mint green and it'd be fine and like it's just like having these supporters groups like if the supporters group is going to use this green as their identifier to not even reference that in the logo and the team's brand is is kind of like disrespectful to the supporters group i don't know it's, it's a little frustrating I got you. I got yeah. you. What? So, they use the crown because it's it's the queen city, um, mm -hmm. which is cool. Uh, like, it, could you? I mean, like when soccer grows and it's like big, and you know, people see the Union Snake. That's our thing. Um, they're gonna recognize. Oh, that's a Union shirt. The crown would essentially be that, which is kind of cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but like, yeah, and I'm and you know, hopefully they they evolve and and use use that kind of imagery to, to kind of further their brand but to, the initial the release was kind of lackluster mm -hmm. yeah and right. i don't know it's just that i care just because it's like we want this leak this leak to be successful and live up to all of its potential and i feel like stuff like this is what kind of holds it back even though even if it's just you know a, just a logo and a name isn't that big in the grand scheme of things but it it, it contributes to a lot of other factors yeah yeah so so that was my rant is there five minutes on a soccer team that you don't watch because doesn't they're not exist. really it doesn't exist yet yeah yeah i mean it's only two years away so you can save that conversation for two years from now when you run into a charlotte fc fan oh i will uh, i i know you will <laughs> um me and luke made a little bet um about the group stage who's going to come into the knockout stage i just gotta say it looks like i'm gonna win that um yeah. but there's still still some games to be decided, but I think think it's gonna. So you could still get Red Bull, but uh, I think I think I'll have enough points. You um, might still have the edge there. Yeah. So Luke, let's go into weekly eBay finds. Everybody's favorite. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, I got a, I got a good one, and I and I I may have tweeted it out a while ago, but it's still available uh, because you know no one jumped on it yet. So there is on eBay uh, a Fang bobblehead for only forty-five dollars plus eight dollars shipping. 
So you're looking at $53 to get yourself a Fang bobblehead. I don't know, man. I, I don't see them in stores. It might be worth it. You just don't see those things out on shelves. So uh, there's three available. How many? Three. Three. Wow. All right. So for $159, I can have all three. Well, there no, they can all ship together. So that's oh, actually go. that's actually pretty good. 135 plus eight. So got 143. $143 for uh, three. Uh, all right. Sorry, guys. That one's off. I bought all three. All right, before we sign off, we need to make predictions this weekend. Union versus New England. Luke, hit me with a score. So I can't not say we're gonna we're gonna win. So I'm gonna say we're gonna win three one. Okay, just as that was your last. Uh, let's see. Oh, we didn't. We didn't. We'll check that. Okay, go ahead. So, so you want three one? Yep. All right, cool. I'm gonna go a goal fest. Four three. Four three. Oh man, that's gonna kill my anxiety. Yeah. Actually no. Only four two. I'll do that for you. <laughs> okay. Thanks. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> so either either way, we think we both seem to think the union are going to uh put some goals in the back of the net. Yeah. Well, that's good for everyone. I'm not gonna bother asking you for goal scores because I think we've been rambling long enough. Yeah, I agree. Uh all right, guys. Well, enjoy watching the game this weekend. Um, you'll, you'll be hearing from the Doofy Brothers sometime soon. And wear a mask and be safe. Thanks for being good people.